0: All night, we're so thankful for your presence. We pray especially that those that are watching online are able to be with us and that there is no complications as well with uh, our service online. And it's wonderful to have visitors with us as always. Thank you for coming and being with us this evening as well. We're glad you're here tonight and we hope that you'll open your Bibles to Second Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, that will be the sermon this evening coming from that particular text. But just while you are opening your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, just got an announcement that we need to, to make. Of course, we mentioned this morning about Rick Mira's brother-in-law, John Carlin, the health issues that he has been dealing with. We just learned that he passed. So... Rick's sister, Michelle, needs our prayers most especially at this time. There's major changes that are going to be coming her way because of the passing of her husband. So keep Michelle Carlin in your public and private prayers at this time. It is my conviction that verses 3 and 4 of 2 Timothy 2 that the Apostle Paul sets forth for us some very viable characteristics of what it takes to be a good soldier. You know, when Paul wrote to Timothy in his first letter in chapter 6, he would tell him in verse 12 to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. You see, Christianity is a religion that entails spiritual warfare, and we are in a spiritual warfare with the devil. I'm telling you, he's relentless. And so, what we have to do is equip ourselves so that we can stand against that enemy, and to be able to over uh, fight against that enemy as well, to stand victorious over the devil. Peter said many, many centuries. Ago, he said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, right? Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished by, in your brethren that are in the world, First Peter 5 8 and 9. And so we can rise above the opposition, can't we? We can be a good soldier of Christ. And ultimately be able to receive our great reward that's in heaven. In fact, we will do as the song suggested. We're going to turn in our cross for a starry crown. Isn't that wonderful? Let's begin tonight by talking about the fact that a good soldier must be fit for the service. Look at verses 3 and 4. Paul said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. We may need to stress on what it means to enlist in the Lord's service. The way that we become a part of the Lord's service is, is by obedience to the gospel of Christ. When we are baptized into Christ. Now the Bible talks in numerous places about the importance of obedience to the gospel and becoming a child of God for example Jesus said in Mark 16 16 he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but of course he that believeth not shall be condemned those who are in Christ have been baptized and it's in that context that we're able to enjoy the the forgiveness of sins the, the remission of sins Paul said that he was encouraged by Ananias as we talked about this this morning, to a, a now arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Acts twenty two sixteen. You see, when we are baptized into the Lord, the Bible tells us that God then adds us to the church, the body of Christ. Acts two forty seven. It was on Pentecost day that when Peter preached the gospel to multitudes of people in that city of Jerusalem, that the Bible says that some 3,000 people obeyed the gospel that day, Acts two forty-one, And then verse 47, when the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved, they are as well enlisted into the service of God's army into the Lord's service. And then secondly, we need to understand that we belong to the Lord. We are not of our own. We belong to the Lord. So once you are baptized into Christ through obeying the gospel, you belong to Him. We don't, no longer belong to the devil. We belong to the Lord now. So think about those who join the military today. When they become a part of the military, they belong to who? Uncle Sam, Right? Uncle Sam. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 when he said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. And here it is, which are God. And so the idea here is that once we enlist in the armies. Then the Lord's service, we belong to the Lord. Sometimes we use the, the phrase lock, stock, and barrel, and that's a good phrase because we are literally committing our lives, our allegiance, lock, stock, and barrel to the Lord. Enlisted. And what we're saying is that we will be faithful to the Lord until death. You know, those who have enlisted into the Marines know exactly what Semper Fi actually means. It means always faithful. That is that they are loyal to the Marine Corps at large. Spiritually speaking we are to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and we have a loyalty to Him and so really and truly we can say Semper Fi in the Lord's service that we should always be faithful as well. Now, what about the expectations, if you will, of the Lord's service? There are some expectations on me as a child of God, as a soldier of Christ. First of all, there are some negative expectations. And then secondly, there are some positive expectations. And so we had to be fair in our assessment of what it means to be a part of the Lord's army. Thankful for the songs that Brother Jim had led that kind of leans our ear towards the very fact that we should be good soldiers in the Lord's army. And so there are some negative things that we face as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen again to what Paul in writing to Timothy said in verse 3. He says, thou therefore endure hardship or hardship, hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There are two things that come to mind along these lines. First, we have to be ready, willing, and able to suffer hardship. We were just talking about Michelle Carlin with the loss of her husband. She's going to have some hardship, some hardness come her way. We need to expect that. That's what Paul is saying here that Christianity is a great religion. I don't know of any other religion on the globe that, that compares to Christianity. There are a vast number of benefits and blessings that, that we obtain by being in Christ Jesus. But in becoming a child of God, we have to understand that there will be at times in our life difficulties. There are going to be hard times. There are going to be tough times. There's going to be hardships and trials and there's going to be tribulations. For example, over in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 11, Paul talks about the afflictions and the persecutions that he encountered in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Paul here is bringing to mind some of the difficulties that he faced in preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ. Now we talked about this morning the very fact that he was once a persecutor of Christians... But then later on, he became the one being persecuted for preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. What he was once doing, now it's being done to him when he was converted. So in light of that, what does it mean to us? It means that as a good soldier, we have to be ready to suffer. There might be persecutions coming our way one day, if you haven't already. But there will be some. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the the kingdom of God. Acts 14.22 The Lord never said it was going to be easy. He never said it was going to be easy. In fact, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.10 In 2 Timothy 3, and verse 10, Paul would say, "Yea, And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so the Lord is very upfront about what it means to be a, a good soldier of Christ. And not only the hardness or the hardship, but I also think about the heartache. There are a lot of heartaches for those of us who are soldiers of Christ. You know, one of the reasons that we are filled with heartache in our service to the Lord, is is that sometimes God's people are not what they ought to be. It's sad. I think about what Paul said concerning Demas in 2 Timothy 4.10, when Paul said, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved the present world. What is interesting is that about six years earlier, when Paul had written to Philemon in verse 24, Demas was listed as a co-laborer, a a fellow laborer of the Apostle Paul. And so here, here we have a man that in about AD 62, 61, 62, here is Demas, he's a faithful child of God. He's working, he's laboring in the kingdom of God as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, ready for the battle. And then about AD 68, something had happened. We would say that Demas had become a casualty of the war against Satan. The war was more appealing. The world was more appealing to him. And therefore, Paul, writing to Timothy, says that Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, he not only has forsaken Paul, but he's forsaken God. And so as a child of God, we had to be fit for service. We had to, first of all, enlist, and then we have to understand there are some expectations. But then from a positive vantage point, what is it that we can expect? What we can expect is for the Lord Jesus Christ to be with us every step of the way. He's marching right alongside of us in step. Every step of the way. Think about that. The Lord is going to be with us every step of the way. In sync. As we live for him. There's not going to be a time in life when the Lord is not standing at our side. Do you remember the words of the Hebrew writer? When he says, I will never lead thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 11 when Paul talks about those persecutions and afflictions which came at me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. He said but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now, how is that possible if Jesus wasn't with him every step of the way? He was. In chapter 4, he speaks of Demas, Alexander the coppersmith, that had done him much harm. But then in verse 16 of that text, he says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me, And strengthen me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And then in verse 18, he says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Just think about that for a minute. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we have to understand that the Lord is going to be with us in battle. He's going to be with us every step of the way. If we zig, he will zig. If we zag, he will zag. Wherever we go, whatever we do, the Lord will be right there with us. It's a great thought to know that we are not alone in this world. There are lots of soldiers that have literally been left behind on the battlefield. For whatever reason, that is not the case in God's army. No one is left behind. There's a second thing that we need to consider as we look at some of the characteristics of being a a good soldier of Jesus Christ. As I look at what the Apostle Paul has written in the long ago here. The second thing that comes to mind is that a good soldier must be focused in service. We have to maintain a sense of focus, don't we? We have to know the reason why we're fighting so hard against the devil. Our eyes need to be on Jesus. Focused. Notice what Paul says in verse 4. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life. Then he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. Here's a question. What is the desire of every soldier? that is out there in the other lands, the other countries... We talk about being focused on the the battlefield. Spiritually speaking, maintaining a sense of focus, keeping our eyes on the cross. What is it that every soldier desires above all things? It's to come home. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the family is. And they have of all desires to be safe and to get home. Many of you have been in the armed services and you know exactly what I'm talking about. That above all things, your desire was to be home with the family. You as so many others were focused on one thing. In fact, that's what made you or helped you to endure what you were dealing with. It's to know that one day I get to go home. Now translate that to the spiritual realm. What is the desire of every good soldier of Jesus Christ? That heavenly home. That one day will be ours. That's my desire. I hope that's yours. We want to go home. We want to get home safely. We want to make it one day to heaven. If we want to get to heaven, then we need to be focused. And by the way, this innate desire to get home there are some things that I believe will help us get there if we will only seize the opportunity or take advantage of these things first of all it's my belief that we need to stay in the word if you're going to be focused on Jesus Christ how are you going to do that unless you're in the word we need to stay in the word we have a great resource that will keep us faithful and keep us on track to heaven. And that great resource is God's Word. Listen again to what Paul said in verse fifteen. He says, "Be diligent to show thyself approved unto God." Some of the translations say, "Study to show thyself approved unto God." A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. The more time you spend in this book, the stronger your faith will come, will become, the greater your allegiance to the Lord. The psalmist of old spent time in this book day and night. In fact, he said he meditated on this book day and night, Psalm 1-2. If we were to be faithful to God, then we had to maintain a sense of focus. We had to spend time in this book. There's so many distractions in the world about us that can keep us away from God's word but the word of God will keep us grounded it's a solid foundation to build upon look at all the families and all the people in our world today that lack grounding they don't have any foundation they don't have a foundation and they don't have anything to build on why is that because God's word are not a part of their life you and I we can make it to heaven if we just keep our eyes on the goal and in the book. Paul said that our conversation, our citizenship, our commonwealth is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Philippians 3:20. In Colossians 3, in verses 1 and 2, Paul would say, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Not on the things below. But on the above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection, your mind on things above and not on the things on this earth. What is going to help me to have a heavenly mindset? What is, what is going to keep my eyes on things above if it isn't but God's word? I, we were talking about that this morning with Brother William. He was saying, well, we need to, we need to be reading our Bible, but not just reading it, applying it. Right? We need to read it, study it, and then take application to what we have read. What good is reading it if you don't apply it? We need to stay in the Word, and then secondly, we need to stay in worship. Worship affords us the opportunity to be with people of like precious faith. I'm always encouraged. I can be out of town, or I can be somewhere, and I can be able to worship with brethren of like precious faith and know that the word is being taught in that place as well, and that many souls were able to have, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and be able to have the opportunity to respond to it. Worship affords us an opportunity to be with people of life. I really believe that there is strength gained by coming together upon the first day of the week, the middle of the week. The devil has us all the rest of those days and we can't come together just for a couple hours on a Sunday and on a Wednesday? Or in our Bible study during the week, every day as well? You know, the more we come to worship and Bible study, the stronger our faith will be. There's no doubt about it in my mind. If you look at Hebrews 10 and verse 25, when the Hebrew writer talks about those who were forsaking the assembly, it's interesting that in that context, He is talking about apostasy. And so when people let opportunities for worship worship pass them by, what happens? Well, they drift. And that was what Van was talking about last Wednesday night or the Wednesday night before. Don't don't be involved in drifting. Get out of that business. They drift. They're not what they ought to be. They're not maintaining their allegiance to the Lord. Why? Because they're not focused on the right goal. They lack focus. And then there's a third thing, that is to stay in the work. What is that old saying? The, The idle hands is the devil's workshop. We need to get busy, don't we? Because if we're idling out there, we're doing the Lord's, I mean the devil's work. Idle hands. There are so many things that we can do in the kingdom of God. I think about Paul's illustration of the body in 1 Corinthians 12. I, I, I don't know what part of the body would best represent you. But I really believe that every one of us has a purpose in the kingdom. That there's a place of service for us all. Paul said in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Where God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In Titus 3 and verse 1, we're told to be ready to every good work. That's right. Get busy, get involved. The busier you are, the better you are. The more involved you are as a child of God. And thus, it makes you a good soldier. (laughs) A good soldier of Jesus Christ. The more focused you'll be, you see. I really believe that if we're going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and be what the Lord would have us to be, that we ought to be, spiritually speaking, we have to be focused for that ultimate of wanting to go home home. Now, what is the danger in every soldier? Are there inherent dangers to being a, a, a good soldier of a Jesus Christ? There are. there are. There are some inherent dangers. Look at what Paul says, beginning in verse 4. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life all he is saying here is that as a child of God as a soldier of Jesus Christ there are some potential pitfalls one of which is the world it's a pitfall the entanglement in the affairs of this life the world has claimed many don't be a victim of the world James said ye adulterers and adulteresses Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. James 4.4. John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 1 John 2, 15 seven. If you have somehow hitched your wagon to, your, to the world, you're on a losing horse. I mean, you don't have any hope. Sometimes, sadly, soldiers of Christ lose their focus and become entangled in the world. But read, if you would, 2 Peter 2, 20-22 where Peter talks about those who have become entangled therein and overcome by the world, he said that the latter end is worse than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known to turn from that holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb that the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now our goal is heaven, isn't it? We want to go home and we need each other to get there. I can't go to heaven by myself. I refuse to go by myself. I want to take as many of you with me. And I'm sure you feel the same. You're going to help me get there. There is a built-in support system and one of the ways that we can maintain our focus and stay from the, away from the world is the fellowship. All of us need Christian fellowship. And the beauty of Christian fellowship is that it builds alliances it builds associations. One of the real problems that our young people have sometimes is the wrong kinds of friends. How how do you stay focused as a young person or even as an older person? Be with the right people, stay with the right people. The Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 42 that the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Why is that? That's the right course that leads them to heaven. Doctrine, fellowship, and breaking in prayer, and in prayers. There's a lot to be said about godly, heavenly fellowship, healthy fellowship. Be with the right people. It will help you get to heaven. Now, thirdly, a good soldier is faithful in service. Look again at verse 4. Paul said that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. What, what is the priority of a good soldier? Have you ever thought about that? Ultimately, it's to please the commander. <laughs> Jesus is uh, our commander. He is the captain of my salvation. He's the author of our salvation. Our intent is to please him. Can you please the Lord? You know we can. You know, sometimes it's difficult to please people in the human family. Sometimes there's just no way that you can please some folks. But that's not the case when it comes to God and to Jesus. I think about Jesus and the precedence that he set. God the Father said this of Jesus. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I'm pleased of him. Matthew 3.17 When you and I take God's word and we apply it to our lives. Live it out every day. What do we have? We have the assurance that one day the Lord will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Thou has been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. You have been a good soldier, always faithful. You lived a life that pleased me. You know, maybe we ought to ask the question, are we pleasing the Lord in my life? Do I please the Lord in my words and in my deeds? It's a good question to ask ourselves as we examine ourselves. Look at that mirror. James and James 2 and verse 12 said, so speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. And then there's a second thing and that is the perseverance of a good soldier. Let me just key in on that word in verse three, endure. A good soldier of Jesus Christ does not quit. Think about that. If you're a soldier of Jesus Christ, if you have signed in, on this army, you do not quit. It would not even be a part of your vocabulary. God does not want us to quit the race. He doesn't want us to go AWOL. And sometimes that happens. But the bottom line is that the Lord wants us to be faithful unto death. That's until death or even if we die for the cause of Christ. Unto death. Now, living a faithful life, we had to endure. We're going to have to persevere at times. And Jesus set the precedence for that. Go over to chapter 4 and listen to what Paul said in verse 6, 2 Timothy 2. He said, Let me me give you a great example of somebody that never quit. He says in verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew death was imminent, he knew it was just right around the corner. Bidding farewell to his friend Timothy. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Now listen. He says, and I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith, Paul said. I didn't quit. I didn't leave the Lord and give up. I didn't go back into the world. I didn't walk away. Because somebody said something that hurt my feelings. I stayed true. It is amazing of how sometimes people will let the most petty things drive them away from the Lord. It's it's unbelievable. The story is told about a lady that had basically become unfaithful because she was sick. And nobody in the church had prepared food for her. A certain brother held a gospel meeting in the town where she was living. And he went to visit her and she brought that up to him. Do you know what he said? He said, I'm glad you brought that up. He said, when people at church were sick, how often did you prepare meals for them? For you see, it's a two way street. Sometimes people let the most trivial, petty, silly things drive them away from the Lord. And sometimes they, they use the crutch of hypocrisy. And really, all that is is a tactic of the devil. The devil wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. He wants you to go wall. He wants you to get upset and walk away. He wants you to act like a, a child. I'm taking my ball and going home. Let me tell you what. If you want to be a soldier for the king, if you're a man, man up. If you're a woman, woman up, right? Don't be a quitter. Be faithful. Always faithful. There are a lot of folks that walked away from Christianity. Listen, if you have walked away from Christianity, what's left? What else is there? If somebody walks away from the Lord and says, "I'm not living for the Lord anymore. I'm I'm done with the church." What 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 do you have to to, to look forward to? You don't have heaven as you don't have heaven as your home anymore. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearance. All Paul was saying there is, I've lived a faithful life. I know what it's like. I've finished my course here on earth. And the Lord will one day give me that crown of life, the Stephanos. The victor's crown. And not to be only. And as he's writing to Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, it could be yours one day too. To you and to you and to you and you and you and you and all of us, we can have that crown of life. If only we stay in the race. That we're faithful in our service if we want to be a good soldier for the Lord. Three things that we need to be fit. We need to have focus. Thirdly, we've got to be faithful in the military when a person serves his or her country. They get discharged. There are two options. Two options. On the one hand, there are those who have faithfully served their country. They receive an honorable discharge. On the other hand, there are those who have not conducted themselves as a good soldier and thus they have a dishonorable discharge. Let me ask you, when it comes to the Lord's service, to being a good soldier of Jesus Christ, will it be that the Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful soldier, servant, with this honorable discharge from the world to heaven I hope that he can say that to you. I hope that he can say that to me as well. As we struggle and strive to live in this life, will it be honorable or dishonorable in the way you conduct yourself in as a soldier of Christ is by bringing honor and glory to God? Or is it bringing shame and reproach on the body of Christ? Only you can answer that question. I can't answer it for you. My prayer is that we will be good soldiers of Jesus Christ, that we will be true, faithful soldiers to the very end. And the promise is that crown of life. Can we help you tonight? The time is now. Where we extend the Lord's invitation. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-30, He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon and learn of me are meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. The good invitation to come to Jesus so that he could show you the way to heaven. It's up to us. The song of encouragement number 275. 275. A song that will help us to understand what we need to do. And tonight might be your night. We hope that you pray that you'll do all that you can to be right in God's sight, to be a good soldier. There's only good and bad ones. To be a good soldier of Jesus Christ by living this life and doing the will of the Father. Are you a child of God? If not, why not? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? If you don't, you're going to die in your sins, John eight twenty four. Are you willing to, to make a change called repentance? To turn away from those things that you've been doing that's wrong? To do things that are right? According to God's Word, of course. That's how we know the difference between right and wrong. Luke 13, 3, Acts 17, 30. Are you willing to make that good confession? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 10, 32 says, that If you'll confess me before men... I'll confess you before my Father. Which is, but he says in verse 33 if you deny me, I'll deny you. We don't want that. And then you're willing to go down into the waters of baptism and have those sins washed away. Everything's ready. We got a change of clothes, we got towels. That's not the most important part. The most important part is going down into the water, being buried in that watery grave to rise to walk in the newness of life, a child of God a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Then live faithfully to the will. Today might be your day. Tonight might be your night. Maybe you're a child of God. You wandered off. You got to keep the faith like Paul did so you can finish the course and fight that good fight. But it's up to you. Together we stand.